This is Space Time, Series 22, Episode 54, for broadcast on the 19th of July, 2019. Coming up on Space Time, the first image of spooky quantum entanglement in action, discovery of an asteroid with the shortest year, and the Pentagon announces plans for their own military space station. All that and more coming up on Space Time. Welcome to Space Time with Stuart Gary. In what's being hailed as an incredible achievement, scientists have captured the world's first actual photograph of quantum entanglement. That strange phenomenon Albert Einstein famously described as spooky action at a distance. Quantum entanglement occurs when two particles become linked so that their properties such as spin, position, momentum and polarization become correlated regardless of how far apart they are. Even stranger, whatever happens to one of the particles that are entangled, no matter how far away it is, also happens to the other. Okay, so how does it all work? Well, imagine a pair of gloves. Bob and Alice are each given one of the gloves, wrapped in a parcel. Bob then moves away to another country. Later, Bob and Alice open their parcels and look at their gloves. And whoever has the left-handed glove knows the other must have the right-handed glove. Okay, fairly simple so far. But here's where it gets tricky. Until Bob and Alice actually open the parcel and look at their gloves, the gloves, in the quantum entanglement world, are both left and right-handed at the same time, which I guess means they're mittens. That's because it's only when you measure a quantum entangled particle that it has a set of properties. In other words, when Bob tries putting his mitten on his right hand, it becomes a right-handed glove, which means Alice must have the left-handed glove. But then if Alice tried to put the glove on her right hand, it would stay a mitten. But had Bob put the glove on his left hand, it would have been a left-handed glove, and Alice then would have had a right-handed glove, which would also have stayed a mitten had she tried to put it on her left hand. So, the fate of one glove reveals the fate of the other, even though Bob and Alice have no idea which glove they have until they take it out of the parcel and try to put it on. So, once again, the very act of observing the entangled particle determines its quantum state. This phenomena was the subject of a 1935 paper by Albert Einstein, Boris Podolsky and Nathan Rosen, followed shortly afterwards in several papers by Erwin Schrödinger describing what came to be known as the Einstein-Podolsky-Rosen or EPR paradox. Einstein and colleagues considered such behaviour to be impossible as it violated the local realism view of causality and argued that the accepted formulation of quantum mechanics must therefore be incomplete. The amazing new image published in the journal Science Advances was captured by a physicist at the University of Glasgow. It shows the entangled interaction between two photons, that is, particles of light. The authors first generated streams of entangled photon pairs. The entangled photons were then split up with one stream imaged as it ran through barium-borite liquid crystal filters, which triggered four different phase transitions. At the same time, the authors imaged the other stream going through the same phase transitions, even though it hadn't passed through the liquid crystal. The image shows the photons in both streams were shifted the same way despite being split, thereby confirming they were entangled. You're listening to Space Time. I'm Stuart Gary. Astronomers have spotted an unusual asteroid with the shortest year known for any asteroid. The space rock, catalogued as 2019 LF6, is about a kilometre wide and orbits the Sun roughly every 151 Earth days. 
LF6 is one of 20 known Atira asteroids, objects which circle the Sun entirely inside of Earth's orbit around the Sun. LF6's orbit takes it from an apogee or most distant orbital position from the Sun just beyond Venus, and into a perigee or nearest orbital position to the Sun inside that of Mercury, which circles the Sun every 88 Earth days. LF6 was discovered by the Zwicky Transient Facility, a state-of-the-art camera at the Palomar Observatory that scans the skies every night for transient objects such as exploding and flashing stars and moving asteroids. Because Zwicky scans the skies so rapidly, it's well suited for finding Atira asteroids, which have short observing windows, usually only around 20 to 30 minutes, just before sunrise and just after sunset. To find the Atira asteroids, astronomers carried out a dedicated observing campaign named Twilight after the time of day best suited for discovering the objects. So far, the program's netted one other Atira asteroid, which has been catalogued as 2019 AQ3. Before LF6 came along, AQ3 was the shortest known year of any asteroid, orbiting the Sun roughly every 165 Earth days. Interestingly, both these Atira asteroids orbit well outside the plane of the solar system, suggesting they've probably been flung out of their original orbits after coming too close to either Venus or Mercury. As well as the two Atira asteroids, Zwicky's also found about 100 near-Earth asteroids, and about 2,000 asteroids orbiting in the main belt between Mars and Jupiter. The discovery is raising astronomers' hopes that NASA may select the near-Earth object camera mission, NEOCAM, as a future project. NEOCAM would be designed to look specifically for asteroids closer to the Sun than previous surveys, picking up their infrared or heat signatures. Because the Tyra asteroids are closer to the Sun, they'd be warmer than other asteroids, and therefore brighter in the infrared and easy to spot. I'm Stuart Gary. This is Space Time. The Pentagon has announced plans to develop an autonomous military space station. The proposed orbital outpost would initially be unmanned, but future human habitation modules are likely to be added. The space station would be designed in such a way that additional modules and equipment can be added as needed, such as robotic arms and external attachment points. The US military says the new facility would be placed in low Earth orbit and be capable of manoeuvring. They say it would be used to undertake research missions, including space assembly projects, microgravity experimentation, orbital manufacturing and training. The facility would need to test and evaluate new systems and equipment, be capable of adapting to host new payloads, and be able to store logistics and other equipment as needed. The Pentagon's also called for the new space station to be ready for flight within two years of a contract being awarded. The US Air Force proposed a similar manned orbiting outpost back in the early 1960s, but eventually opted for satellites instead. However, the former Soviet Union has a long history of secret military Salyut Almaz space stations, which were eventually also replaced by satellites. The European Space Agency and Ariane Space have launched a full independent commission of inquiry after a Vega rocket carrying a spy satellite failed two minutes after launch. Ariane Space Flight VV-15 lifted off as planned from the European Space Agency's Kourou spaceport in French Guiana. The launch had been postponed twice due to high winds over the space centre. À tous de DDO, attention pour le décompte final. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, top. Allumage P-80 et décollage VV-15. La propulsion du P-80 est nominale et la trajectoire est nominale. 
Réception de la télémesure lanceur par la station de Trajectoire dégradée du Zephyro 23. Séparation du Z23. Vega operating at an average launch rate of one to two missions uh, per year currently. Perte de l'accélération. She's the only launcher in her class now in regular production. Séparation coiffe. And the DDO is called out separation of the fairing. We can separate the fairing now because we've made it about 120 kilometers above the Earth. We're out of the atmosphere. La trajectoire est très dégradée. We have been informed. We have been informed that um, I think we've lost telemetry. We have a slight telemetry loss. The flight director informing us that we have lost the telemetry link with the launcher. So we're waiting for word from Ariane Space. So please wait with us. Again, flight director informing us that the telemetry link with the launcher has been lost. So we're waiting for word for Ariane Space on the situation. So we'll ask you to please wait with us. The rocket was carrying the 1,200 kilogram Falcon I-1, the first of two United Arab Emirates high-resolution spy satellites built by Airbus Defence and Space with an optical imaging payload from Thales Alenia Space. This is the first failure involving a Vega launch vehicle. It was the sixth Vega launch this year and the 15th mission since the rocket began flying in 2012. Ladies and gentlemen, as you have seen, about two minutes after liftoff, around the Z23 ignition, a major anomaly occurred, resulting in the loss of the mission. On behalf of Iron Space, I wish to express my deepest apologies to our customers for the loss of their payload and telling them how sorry I am. From the first flight data analysis, we will get in the coming hours more precise information and we will communicate to, to everybody at the soonest. Again, let me present my deepest apologies to our customers. Thank you. The Independent Commission of Inquiry will look into the cause of the failure and identify the measures needed to ensure the resumption of Vega flights within safety parameters.
The Inquiry Commission will be co-chaired by the Inspector General of ESA and the Senior Vice President of Technical and Quality Operations at Ariane Space. And time now to take a brief look at some of the other stories making news in science this week with a science report. A new study has found that people suffering from mental illness face drastic physical health challenges as well, with life expectancy reduced by around 20 years. The findings show a broad range of mental illnesses are associated with a lifelong burden of obesity, diabetes and cardiovascular disease. You can read all about the findings together with the author's recommendations in the Lancet Medical Journal. Well, it seems seagulls on Australian beaches may be threatening more than just your fish and chips. New research, reported in the Journal of Antimicrobial Chemotherapy, has found that Australian silver seagulls are infected with antimicrobial-resistant bacteria that can cause serious infections in humans, such as urinary tract infections and sepsis. These drug-resistant bacteria are similar to ones causing diseases in humans in hospitals and community nursing homes. Murdoch University antimicrobial researcher Dr Sam Abraham, who led the investigation, says the problem is now widespread around the country. Archaeologists have discovered the ancient biblical city of Ziklag. Scientists with the Israeli Antiquities Authority, the Hebrew University in Jerusalem and Sydney's Macquarie University uncovered the remains on a hilltop in central Israel. Ziklag is mentioned several times in the Judeo-Christian Bible as the Philistine city in which young David received sanctuary from King Saul. The city is also believed to be the place where David left on his journey to Hebron, where he was anointed king of Israel and ruled for seven years before ascending to Jerusalem 3,000 years ago. Meanwhile, new DNA evidence has confirmed that the Philistines were in fact Greek. A discovery by scientists from the Max Planck Institute is based on DNA sequencing of 10 Philistine skeletons excavated from various burial sites in Ashkelon dating back some 3,600 years. The findings, reported in the journal Science Advances, suggest a southern European origin for Philistines, specifically from the region around Greece and the Aegean, but also with genetic traces from Sardinia, Crete and the Iberian Peninsula. As part of global celebrations marking 50 years since man first set foot on the moon, former astronaut and International Space Station Commander Colonel Terry Virts and colleagues have set a new world circumnavigation speed record of 46 hours, 39 minutes and 38 seconds. The crew, flying a Gulfstream G650 extended range business jet, lifted off from the runway at the Kennedy Space Center on July the 9th, heading up the U.S. East Coast and over the North Pole. Flying at an average speed of 861 kilometres per hour, the plane then continued south after crossing the pole, refuelling in Kazakhstan and on the Indian island of Mauritius, before crossing over the South Pole and landing in Chile for a third refuelling stop. It then completed the final leg back to the Kennedy Space Centre. Of course, when in orbit, Wirtz would have done the journey in much quicker time, taking just 90 minutes to complete each orbit and travelling at over 28,000 kilometres an hour. Well, it seems we really do live in a world of stranger things, with a new British survey claiming a fifth of all Brits really do believe in the Loch Ness Monster, and one in 20 of our pommy cousins really think the world is flat. Other bizarre results from the survey show 23% of Brits believe in reincarnation, more than half believe in the existence of heaven and hell, two-thirds believe in fate or destiny and think our lives are mapped out in advance. An amazing three in every four people believe in lucky numbers, while two in five cross their fingers thinking it really does bring good fortune. And an amazing 41% of British people believe in telepathy. But you knew I was going to say that. 
Tim Mendham from Australian Skeptics has looked at the survey and wonders if the survey questions asked were possibly designed to get the results they have. There's a poll done by YouGov in the UK, which amongst various other things says that one in 20 Brits believe the world is flat. I find that so hard to comprehend that people have asked. I find it hard to, yes, absolutely. And that means, based on the UK population, about 3 million people in the UK believe the world is flat. I mean, yeah, the, the flat earth theory has been having a bit of prominence lately, almost like a fun thing, I think, in a lot of cases. Certainly there are bound to be some people who believe it. But for that number to believe the world is flat just strikes me as, I think, the heavy they're pulling someone's leg. It might have also been down to the questions, you know, do you think this is a possibility yeah. rather than do you believe, you know, and there's all sorts of sort of tricky wording that you can use in polls. In the same survey, two-thirds of Brits believe in uh, in aliens or, or UFOs. Actually, there's a difference. If you believe in aliens, most skeptics would believe in aliens out there somewhere. As you know, in your astronomical circles, you know, the prospect of life somewhere in some form is probably pretty decent. But as for those life forms visiting Earth, that's a totally different kettle of fish. Exactly. Um, and so to suggest that two-thirds of Brits believe in aliens here is, I think, again, probably an issue with the wording of the question. One in four Scots believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real, whereas one in six generally, I think even that figure is a bit high, actually, that uh, one in six people believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real. Three in five people claim to have seen a ghost at some point in their lives which you could say that three in five people claim to have seen something they can't explain, which would be a decent assumption to make. As for actually seeing a ghost, I think that's a different thing. One in three claim to have spent time in a haunted house. Yeah, so have I. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. Can you have a haunted house without there being ghosts in it? No, probably not. <laughs> well, it would just be a house. Yeah. <laughs> One in ten people believe that uh, crop circles are, are real and are the work of extraterrestrial forces. Again, that figure strikes me as very high. A quarter of people believe in uh, their horoscopes. They read them regularly. Yeah, dear, oh dear. I know, I know. It, it, but the thing is, astrology and stuff has been around so long, it's almost become part of the background noise of beliefs. I mean, yeah, there's hardly, in this survey, women are twice as likely to believe in their horoscopes as men because they tend to be in women's magazines. You don't get many astrology columns in men's magazines. But... Astrology crops up quite a lot, totally without any foundation whatsoever. And I know people who who are journalists. I know of other people who have been the ones responsible for writing the horoscopes, the daily horoscope columns in newspapers, and they just make them up. Or they have a whole lot of potential things and just shuffle them. It's very cynical on their part to do that. But the predictions, prognostications of astrologers, etc. Of so the chooks, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> I think they said once they had a regular writer of horoscopes and you see his column didn't turn up, so they just ran the one for the previous day. 10% of people still believe in Yeti or Sasquatch or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you are. But this is, again, don't forget the people in the UK in this survey is about. Yeah. I mean, had you been in the northwest of the US, you might get a decent number of people who believe in Bigfoot. We did a study once about all the places where Bigfoot and Yetis exist. It's all around the world. It's amazing how many tiny little countries Singapore is supposed to have some Yetis and things. You try to think, where would you put it? It's Singapore. Not a lot of places where you can actually hide away an eight-foot sort of hairy, hairy man. Um... But, well, yeah, Australia we, has its own version of it. We have, we have the Yowie. Yowie. Yeah, yep. I mean, yeah, you name it, all over the place. I mean, yeah, America has quite a few all over the place. The normal image is up there in the northwest around Oregon and Washington states. Um, the fact that no one's ever actually caught one and brought it back and shown, you know, dead or alive, is a pretty good indication that perhaps they don't exist. And the one that I really like here is 6% of people in Britain believe in unicorns. My little pony followers. Yeah. This is where you think that people are really having a, a go at them. I mean, the quote was that they believe these mythical horses actually exist. Again, you could say the wording is a rhinoceros, a unicorn. A unicorn that needs to go on a diet. <laughs> yeah, you would think things like Harry Potter might actually have an influence there. Six percent. 
I think people say, yeah, sure, why not? And don't really believe it. And more than half of people believe in premonitions, 58%. One of the most common premonitions people have is they know when a phone rings who it is, which you could sort of put down to coincidence if they say, oh, it's Aunt Betty on the phone and it turns out to be Aunt Betty. The question of this is the old story, you notice when, it, when it's correct. Yeah, that's happened to me too, where someone's rung and I thought, oh, I knew that would be that person. But then you think yeah. about it later, you think, how much of that's confirmation bias and how much of it is, is real? That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, or you might have been expecting a call for Aunt Betty. And that's Tim Mendham from Australian Skeptics. You're listening to Space Time. I'm Stuart Gary, and that's the show for now. You can subscribe and download Space Time as a free twice-weekly podcast through Apple Podcast iTunes, Stitcher, Bytes.com, Pocket Casts, SoundCloud, YouTube, Audio Boom, from SpaceTimeWithStuartGary.com, or from your favorite podcast download provider. Space Times also broadcasts coast-to-coast across the United States on Science360 Radio by the National Science Foundation in Washington, D.C., and available around the world on TuneIn Radio. If you want more Space Time, check out our blog where you'll find all the stuff we couldn't fit in the show, as well as loads of images, news stories, videos, and things on the web I find interesting or amusing. Just go to spacetimewithstuartgary.tumblr.com. That's all one word and in lowercase, and that's Tumblr without the E. You can also follow us on Twitter through at Stuart Gary, at Spacetime with Stuart Gary on Instagram, and on Facebook, just go to www.facebook.com slash Spacetime with Stuart Gary. Spacetime is brought to you in collaboration with Australian Sky and Telescope magazine, your window on the universe. You've been listening to Spacetime with Stuart Gary. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.